You're listening to the Grassroots Church Podcast. We're a Jesus-centered community in Thunder Bay, Ontario. You can learn how to participate more by going to our website at grassroots.church. Typically, you know, this is the time where I'd come and we'd speak and share a little bit of a message or whatever, but uh, we thought we'd change it a little bit this morning. Um, Many of you know Jax Cooper, who is a member of Grassroots Church, and Jax is a part of a, an organization here in Thunder Bay that uh, he's shared a little bit about it with me in the past. And I um, thought, man, this is a group that really connects and resonates with sort of the heart of Grassroots Church. Um, for those familiar with our community, our mission, our vision, I always get those mixed up, the thingy that guides us is this statement that we want to cover the earth with the selfless love of Jesus. And there are sort of three pillars that uh, we as a community have established that kind of support that mission. And one is shaping bright disciples. One is restoring faith. And the third one is protecting the vulnerable. And so protecting the vulnerable is a huge... Um, is a, a very important value of those who call themselves grassrooters. Uh, should be for all Christ followers, but we definitely um, uh, believe in the value or, or, or in the importance of um, doing what we can as uh, followers of Jesus to protect the vulnerable. And that is done in all sorts of different ways. And so Jax is um, a part of a group that is uh, doing that very thing here in Thunder Bay. And so this morning... Um, I would like to invite the folks from Bikers Against Child Abuse to come up, and uh, they're going to actually share a, a, a short presentation on the work that they do here in Thunder Bay, mostly to just kind of help raise awareness about what this group is doing, and I think to encourage us just to know that there is good work being done in our community. Everyone knows that there's just, there is a lot of darkness. There's a lot of exploitation and, and abuse and just some really troubling, troubling things that are going on in our city. And you can get weighed down by that, and that's you know, and that's fair. I think that's a reasonable response. Um, but sometimes it's good for us to uh, to hear about what's combating that. What what are the efforts going on in our community that are trying to resist that um, abuse and, and and those dark things? And so this morning we get to hear about one of these stories and one of the, one of these initiatives in our community. And so um, without further ado, well, short round, I'll uh, give you this and let you do your thing. All right. Thank you very much. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Good. Excellent. So typically when I go out to uh, agencies and give these type of presentations and talk about what we do, what, we do, what our mission is, and, and how we help kids, um, I like to encourage interactivity. So if you guys have questions or anything else like that, please feel free to speak up. You know, we're, we're all friends here. It's all good. Um, so... Wanted to take a few minutes this morning just to walk through what Bikers Against Child Abuse is, how we work, what we do in the community, and in order to do that, we have to talk a little bit about biker, because that's the first thing in this acronym, biker. Part of the biker community is, there's a whole culture that goes with it, but part of the biker community is something we call road names. Now typically what I would do is I would hand out place cards to everybody and you get to pick your friend's road name. It's lots of fun. You should see what happens. But in a format like this, it's probably not gonna work very well. So we'll do it a little bit differently. We'll talk a little bit about our own road names. So come on down, guys. 
and even unless you want to be on the top of the stage, it doesn't matter to me. Um, I'll introduce you to us and talk a little bit about our road name so you guys have an understanding of where it comes from. I'll start with our child liaison, Angel. Angel, you want to talk a little bit about your road name? <laughs> yes, I do. So my road name, I picked my road name because when my father-in-law was sick, I would spend a lot of time with him. I would spend like eight hours a day with him. And he always called me his angel. And he would be having a really bad day and he'd be angry at everyone. And I would walk in and he would say, there's my angel. So when we were coming up with road names, um, he actually thought that that would be appropriate. So he kind of helped me. He's passed on now, but he kind of, he's always with me because of that's my road name. So next up, thank you very much, Angel. Uh, next up is our vice president of our local chapter here in Thunder Bay, Jester. And as you can probably guess, based off the road name, it's very hard to get a serious statement out of him ever. This, this man is, uh, is very dedicated to what we do, which is fantastic, but he jokes all the time. You can never believe a word that comes out of his mouth. It's kind of fun. It's and generally off color. That is true. That's why I'm not handing him the mic. <laughs> Um, for myself, short round, um, it actually is an interesting bit of story. There's, there's a, lots of different angles to hit at this one, but uh, I'm not sure if anybody has seen Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. Yeah. Yes, so Indy's sidekick was short round. I'm the, I'm the chapter secretary, and, and myself and our president were the two that sort of began the whole process here in Thunder Bay of getting a chapter up and running. It has taken us a while. We've been at this since... Uh, early 2018, late 2017, um, because there is a, a lot that goes into getting these things. Bikers Against Child Abuse is very protective of the, the children we work with. So in order for us to be able to work with them, we have to go through a lot of certification, a lot of training. We have to make sure we have, we have full background checks, you know, done for vulnerable sector children to make sure that you know, we don't have, uh, how do I put it, undesirable people in our organization because believe it or not, there actually have been people who tried to uh, infiltrate. Um, so I'll get a little bit more into some of the history of, of Bikers Against Child Abuse, how it came to be, you know, and, and sort of the theory behind it and how it works and what we do with, our ch with the children um, and how we help them. Uh, but first, as every good organization has, Mission statement or a vision? Which one was it again? So this is our mission. There's a lot up there. A lot of words, very small print. I'm not sure who can read that, I know I can't. Um, but I'll talk a little bit about what it is we, we do here. So there, this is pretty much broken up into four pieces. And, and the very first part of it is, Bikers Against Child Abuse exists with the intent to create a safer environment for abused children. We exist as a body of bikers to empower children not to feel afraid of the world in which they live. We stand ready to lend our support to our wounded friends <clears throat> pardon me, by involving them in an established, united organization. We work in conjunction with local and state officials, state, it's an American organization, um, who are already in place to protect those children. We desire to send a clear message to all involved with the, the abused child, that this child is part of our organization. And we are prepared to lend our physical and emotional support to them by affiliation and our physical presence. We stand ready 
to shield these children from further abuse. We do not condone the use of violence. It's a very important part. Or physical force in any manner. However, if circumstances arise such that we are the only obstacle preventing a child from further abuse, we stand ready to be that obstacle. So we'll get into it a little bit and break it down. Normally the, uh, the presentation goes through each one of those pieces individually, but that's fine, we can just talk about it. So some really key points, I'm gonna go back to that mission statement, I'm sure if anybody can see it or not, but some of the really key points there is, first of all, we are bikers. And that becomes a very key point um, because it actually has power, power for children. It's an interesting thing that you see that we've learned through the years that being part of a biker organization has a little bit of a mystique to it. You know, it's leather, it's chrome. We make a lot of noise, we're very loud. Yeah, we can actually tell a story later on if we do all right on timing of, of a fantastic event that happened that I swear I took 10,000 kilometers off the engine life on my, my bike at that point. But anyway, we'll get into that. Um, the second part about it is empowerment. And that is really the key word there. You know, when we talk about children who have been abused, one of the first things that happens is they lose a piece of, a very important piece of their childhood. And that is the security. The security of knowing that they have a place that's safe. Um, what we do is we help them to rediscover that. We give them back a little bit of that security. And we work with them to help them realize just how strong they are. Because, and I apologize if I tear up a little bit, this is always a big thing for me, because no child should feel like that. And that's one of the worst parts about child abuse in any form, is that that gets stripped away. But it's still there. No matter what the situation is, these kids have strength. We help them to see that. We help to bring it out in them. Okay, we'll get a little bit more into that, how that works in a little bit. Uh, we work in conjunction with local and state officials. Um, so this particular section, we work with all the organizations, all the child organizations. We work with CAS, Delico, Tikkanagan, uh, Children's Center, you name it. We've been out, and I can't tell you how many of these presentations I've given to these organizations. It's been uh, incredible, um, and the response has been incredible. We also work with the, the police. Um, and the Crown Attorney, you know, you name it. We've, we've had good conversations with them and we've shown real success. In fact, at the beginning, our first set of children that we got were direct um, references from police officers who were working cases. Uh, and they saw the impact that we could have with them from their perspective and how effective it was. So that's how we really started out and we flew. We have an incredible number of kids now, which is great. We stand ready to, sorry, we stand ready to shield these children from further abuse. From, we don't condone the use of physical force. You know, this again gets back to the biker lifestyle. People look at bikers, first thing they think is outlaws, you know. Some of the, the 
more famous biker organizations. That's not us. That's not us. We have the capability of doing that, but we show restraint. And one of the reasons we do that is because we say, we can't help children if we're in jail, right? We can't be there for them. We make a promise to these kids that we'll be there. We can't do that if we're in jail. So as much as we would like to uh, <clears throat> get involved in a, in a physical way, we don't do that. You know, we're not vigilantes. What we are is a shield. So if we are there with a child and something happens and somebody comes, we'll most definitely step in. But we're not going looking for it. We don't need to. Okay. Anything you guys want to add? Just going to smile, look pretty? I love it. So let's talk a little bit about the organization itself. It is an American organization. Originally, it actually has expanded to uh, now 18 countries. It's worldwide. Um, we drive some consistency in how we do things. Intentionally, we want it to be the same regardless of where you are. You know, and it's the same experience. Everybody gets the same, and it doesn't matter. A child is a child is a child. It doesn't matter where they're from. They're welcome in our organization, okay? So it was founded in Provo, Utah, back in 1996 uh, by a, a registered play therapist. This, this gentleman was part of the biker community, the more classic biker community that you, that you hear about. Uh, but he was also a play therapist working with children. And he was working in one particular case with a, with a child who was so afraid he couldn't, he couldn't leave his house. He, he wouldn't go anywhere. So he thought, well, you know what? I, I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to see what happens if I talk to some of my biker friends and see if they come by. And they came by, and they ripped by his house. They didn't stop in or anything. Just made some noise. He was peeking out the window. I was like, what, what is that? And then after a few of these type visits, they actually stopped in. And they stood on the lawn and had a conversation with him from a distance. And, and slowly working through these things, multiple visits over and over again, he began to come over to Shell. And he actually began to venture out of the house. It was incredible uh, progress being made in his, in his therapy. So this uh, gentleman who founded our organization thought, it works for him, maybe it'll work for other kids. You know? One thing about the biker community is we love kids. We, we really do. We want to take care of them. It doesn't, doesn't matter which organization you talk about. That's it's very important. We like to protect children. Um, we have very low tolerance for, for abuse for children. Um, and so it was pretty easy finding guys who were willing to spend time with these, these kids. The successes that he saw began to spread and it worked for many different children in many different situations. So how does it work? Well, in order to work with kids, you gotta interact with them, right? You gotta go out, you gotta see them. It's important, we love it. I mean, we get to act like our actual mental age as opposed to our physical age. We have a blast with these kids. Um, but we do have a, a certain set of what we call interactions of different kinds. Um, the very first one is an in, in initial contact. I'll get into each one of these. Um, you know, they're just up here for, for reference, but uh, we'll get into each one of them in the specifics. Uh, we just, so we have an initial contact, and then we have what's called a level one, and then we follow up with the kids. You know, 
We do have the possibility of doing a level two if needed, and we'll talk again about what that is. Um, and then obviously court, and that's a big one too. So if it gets to that. All right. So the initial contact. This is where somebody has one of our pamphlets, and they, they, they know of a situation, and they know of a child who probably needs some help, is scared, living in fear. They give us a call. Phone rings. Somebody answers the phone, or gets back to them as quickly as possible. And we go through the details of, of what, what is going on. So we, we meet with the, the child with a very small group to not overwhelm them, um, just to get some of the details of what, what's going on and make sure that it fits our mission. Because we have to be very narrow focused. You guys saw our mission statement. It's not a small one. There's a lot of detail in there. We have to keep it nice and small in order to make sure that it really would be most, the most effective thing for these children, right? Because it's no good at, if, if we make promises to help them out and then we can't because they, they, they're outside of our ability to help. It's better they get other resources in other places. Um, so the initial contact is to make sure that we're a good fit make sure that most of all, that they want us to be part of their lives. You know, we're not gonna go in there because a parent says, oh, I would like this to happen, or hey, I want some bikers hanging around my house. No, it's not about that. Unfortunately, we do get calls like that, by the way. But we have to make sure that the, the children are actually willing to accept this in their lives. Okay. Once the initial contact is done and we've decided that this is a case that fits our parameters and we can help this child, we believe, we have a level one. These are fantastic. And I might make Mr. Jester cry. I'll tell him the story. <laughs> I'll tell the story. He may still cry anyways. Um, so at level one is where everybody gets together, our entire chapter. And sometimes, depending on who's around, members from other chapters come too. And I'll tell you a story about that in a bit. First one that we ever did. This is incredible. Um, so we all get together and we go and meet the child at a place where they feel safe. It could be their house, could be around the corner, could be a park, could be a parking lot. We've done all these. And we come in and we form a circle. So the entire chapter shows up. So you can imagine for these children, you know, here's 30 guys in leather, women in leather, bikes, lots of noise, everything else. It can be a little intimidating. Um, this process helps to show them that we're, that we're, we're there for them and they can see just how big of an organization that they're now becoming part of. Um, this is also where they get introduced to their primaries. So the primaries are every child has two primary members who will work with them. These are the ones that will be there for every follow-up visit. Um, they'll be there to, somebody can make a phone call if they need something, it doesn't matter. You know, if they just need to talk or if, or if they want us to come visit. They work through these primaries. And we always work in twos. Uh, that's to protect us as well as the children. You know, we've got to make sure that, that everything is above board 
You know, these, these children have come from uh, enough abuse. We want to make sure that they're, they feel comfortable and they feel more comfortable when there's a couple of us with them at all times, right? Um, I think this is time to tell a story. I get to tell a story. All right. So this was back in 2021. 2021, about this time of the year. Uh, a few of us, we at that point still were not working with children. We hadn't gotten through all of our training and certification. So, uh, but a, a chapter that exists down in London, Ontario, was having a day of level ones. So they, it was, we were just re easing up on COVID restrictions. So they had a, a number of children that they hadn't been able to properly bring in uh, because this really works the best when it's in person. So they had five children that day that they were bringing into the organization. And we thought, wow, what an opportunity. So four of us got up early Thursday and actually we didn't leave until like three o'clock. Yeah, two o'clock on Thursday. Um, that's right, we were waiting for you, that's right. Anyway, and got on our bikes and rode down to the London area, all right? All to be able to meet these children, bring them into the organization. So the first one was, you know, a pretty standard one, but your first level one is always incredible to see. You know, all these, these uh, bikers who come together to go and meet these children. Um, there was the, lots of dust that day. There was a lot of dust that day. It was warm. It was, it was very, very hot, very hot. And you can imagine we're all standing out there in black leather, out in the full sun. Um, it's, it gets warm sometimes, definitely. It's better than when it's cold. But um, so we went out to visit this first child. Um, and this young man had not gone to school. What was it? It was years. two years. He hadn't gone to school in two years because he was so afraid. He brought a gun with him to school. As you can imagine. Well, he was, he was, yeah, yeah. we want to say 12, somewhere around there. The age doesn't matter that much. Um, so we all got there and we, we, we form a circle, we bring in the bikes um, and, and, you know, he comes out and we do what's known as the bear ceremony, which is, which is really neat. You know, every Baca child gets a Baca bear. You know, we, we give them this so that they have something to hold on to when they're feeling a little afraid and they just need a little boost. Um, but before we can give a child a Baca bear, we have to fill it up. Right? So we take the bear individually, hug it, fill it full of encouragement, love, and everything like that. Then we turn to our brothers. Come here. And I, pass, and I pass the bear to him. And then he takes it, does the same thing. A little words of encouragement, etc. Lots of excitement, a lot, lot of loud noise. We, you know, we get the, the kids really pumped up. And it goes all the way around. And then that's when they, they meet their primaries. So... Um, the, the first level one was, was, it was pretty typical for them, but for us it was extremely emotional. You know, we'd never actually been part of it before. It was incredible to see. Um, so the, the kids get the, the Baca bear and a few other things like backpacks and blankets and things like that. Just things to surround them with some comfort when we're not physically there so they know that they can get a hold of us anytime, you know, and if they're feeling afraid they can do it. Yeah, oh yes, definitely, right? Well, we talked earlier about uh, thank you, Jester, uh, uh, about road names. 
road names in our organization, as you heard, are very important, right? This is my identity when it comes to this side. I always look at the wrong side. Um, when it comes to Vikers Against Child Abuse. There's a few reasons for that. First reason is um, anonymity. Anonymity. Um, because we're, especially in a small community like this, we're known, people know who we are. We try and protect our own identities because there have been situations where people who have done wrong, who may be going to, through the court system or maybe potentially going to jail, get desperate and they might try and come and stop us from doing what we do. So that they could, not a great idea, but they're trying to scare the child, get them not to testify, right? We'll get into court in a bit. Actually, I, I better truncate this a little bit. Um, but anonymity is important as well because the children, they get to pick their own road name. That's part of their first thing of empowerment. They get to make a choice. They get to choose what we are all gonna call them, their name. And that's a big one, right? Just think about what would you pick for your own name if you got to choose? You get some funny ones. Anonymity is important, right? And, and the other thing about it as well is there's only one person in our chapter that knows the details of, of what has happened. The, the lady who's being squished down by all the weight of that, unfortunately. Um, but again, it's because it doesn't matter to us. The details don't matter. You know, we, we know these children are, are afraid and we know that they have suffered abuse and that's all that matters. You know, we don't need to know the details of what they went through because that's not what's important, right? Um, so as part of that ceremony, when we give them the bear, we also give them a cut, like ours. Um, they get to pick the patch that goes on the back of it. They get a couple of different designs and they now become a member of our organization. Right? They're, and we will be there for them for as long as they need us. Right? Um, I would tell the second story, but I, I think we're running a little short on time. You know, I, I know I'm occupying a lot. I tend to talk a lot, if you hadn't noticed. Right? I'm our secretary, right? and our PR guy, and a million other jobs. But you know, I, I, I tend to be pretty comfortable talking to people. So um, let's, let's skip on to the next part. So that's the level one. Uh, Follow-ups. So at the beginning, we, we follow up with the children fairly frequently. You know, we want, we want to make sure they're comfortable. We want to make sure they know that we're there. If they need us at any time, they can call, you know, and we will come. How, doesn't matter, day, night, doesn't make a difference. You know, in the middle of a snowstorm, we'll go there. Not on our bikes necessarily. Some of us are crazy and probably would, but yeah, we will go there, okay? Uh, a level two of, this is a situation where there might be a security threat against a child. You know, somebody is intimidating them and they feel afraid. What we do there is we work with the police, the police are aware, they know, and we basically provide private security. So it's more for the comfort of the child than anything else, but we form a perimeter around their house and we're there 24 seven until the threat is gone. You know, fortunately, Knock on wood. Doesn't happen very often, but we're prepared. And we will do this if we need to do it. The other thing too is because we are an international organization, if a level two is going on for longer, because there was actually one that was a, a month or something like that, 
We had people fly in from the UK to help relieve the bikers because they were there 24-7, right? And, you know, that, that's just something we, we're going to support each other as well. We can't burn ourselves out too much, right? So, um, again, like I say, fortunately it doesn't happen very often, but, but this is more about the child being able to look out their bedroom window and see our back patches and know that we're there and they're, and they're safe. Okay. Court. This is a fantastic thing because no matter what happens as far as the verdict goes or anything else like that, it's a victory. You know, that child gets to go, they get to tell their story, and we are there with them. We go, we, we surround the child, we make sure that we make it as comfortable as possible. They don't have to, uh, you know, have eye contact with the, the, the perp. Um, we will, you know, if we're in an open area, we will form a barrier or a wall back to back between the child and, and the perpetrator so that they don't have to have any interaction. You know, and when we're in the court, we are, you know, provided the judge allows it, we will sit with them in the court, you know, and, and we're, we're take up a couple rows. Actually, we took up a whole half a courtroom one day yeah, with, with all of our guys, um, just so they know we're there. And actually, hold that for a second, please. Thanks. If we can't be in there or if they're in a video conference room because, or a video testimony room, I'm sorry, so that they know that we're there, we give them one of these. It's a little hard to see, but it's a coin. You know, we let them know we're holding on to ours. You guys hold on to yours. We're there with you the entire time, right? And and it really works. It works very very well. Quite often they're in there with their cuts on. It's fantastic. Yeah. So no matter what happens, it's always a win because they do. They 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 they're empowered to tell their story. They get a chance to do that. It's a, it's a fantastic, we don't care about the verdict. Although we're doing pretty well here in Thunder Bay, but we don't care. That's not what matters. Not to us, does the crown. All right, so that's it in a nutshell. Well, everybody, thank you so much for me monopolizing, us monopolizing so much of your time. Short round, um, do you think it'd be appropriate if I uh, just pray for you guys? If, if, if we could just pray for you guys? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, why, don't, why don't we all stand, actually, as we uh, finish with the song as well. Um, Father, we are grateful this morning to be able to hear uh, from this community initiative that is doing good work toward protecting the vulnerable in Thunder Bay. Thank you for uh, the hearts that, are share that, that were shared this morning and just how you um, raise up people in our community who... Uh, are doing this good work. And I pray, God, for continued success of Baca. Pray, Father, for those that they protect, that you would um, encourage them, uh, that you would continue to just, uh, through these folks, tell beautiful stories of healing uh, from trauma and from abuse. And I ask, God, that you continue to work in the hearts of each of these members and as a community of Thunder Bay that we come along and support them as well. Um, so we give you thanks for this group this morning. Thank you for what they can share and, and, and just the good work they're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks a lot, you guys. Thank you. Appreciate it.